You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter. And now, over to your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty. This is episode number 85. And joining me tonight is Andrew, as regularly is. Yeah, I'm here. I was, was going to yeah. say as always, but not, it's not always. Most of the time, yeah. Quite often. Yeah, absolutely. And also joining us who is quite often here, actually more than, not more than not, but uh, fairly regularly, Bronte, how you doing? Good, Rusty. And yourself? Good, mate. Thanks for coming in on the last minute call up. Um, bad guy had to fly out. One of his companies was, was something was happening. New takeover bid or something. Count some money or something. Yeah. yeah, I think go get some money off Remington or something along those lines. I'm not sure. Not sure the full story, but anyway, I had to leave the country quickly. Actually, now that I think of it, then hmm, that seems way more suspicious than I thought at the time. You're probably thinking too deeply into it. It's just a, yeah. It might be some left-hander mission. Anyway, all right, good. So, gents, you've been well. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Andrew, you got anything new happened for you recently? Nah, Any new acquisitions? Just having a week off work. <laughs> <laughs> no, my family increased by a member, so yeah. Oh, you got a dog? Uh, I wish. It'd be a lot cheaper. <laughs> Congratulations, Andrew. I, I, I remember you dropped the news to me and Greg on on the air, so to speak. Yeah, if yeah. You remember that? We so both went, whoa, hang on, <laughs> what did you say? And it's happened, hasn't it? It is, yeah, it happened yesterday. Mm. So a boy, another boy, which is, I guess if you're going to have four kids, probably boys are the way to go. You know, when they hit that 15, 16 year, <laughs> year mark, you just sort of send them on their way. You don't have to worry a lot. But uh, <laughs> No, year will be 12. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. look, they've already owned, they, well, they don't own. I guess this is a, I'm going to put this out there. I, I purchased a firearm for each of my children when they're born. So they obviously when they're... They appropriate time, yeah. Yes, so I was... Uh, encouraged by the older ones to get that out of the safe and show the baby when it was only about an hour old. So. <laughs> yeah, because you had the baby, well, you you helped with the baby at home. You delivered the baby I, of all things. Yeah, I did. It, it wasn't by choice and uh, I certainly wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Hospitals are there for a reason. Were, were you like on the phone or something to, to someone who knew what they're doing or did you just um, like Google it and watch a YouTube video? No, I just sort of grabbed it as it was coming out. <laughs> Pretty much it. No, um, yeah, just he decided to make an appearance before we had a had a chance to even get anybody to come over and look after the other ones while we went to hospital. So yeah, right. All good. Covering all things long range of precision shooting, this podcast right here. Yeah. And yeah. child delivery. Well, I, I, the way I'm intending it to go now is like I said to to Greg the other day, yesterday, whenever it was. I, I'm intending uh, before you know, he left the country. Yeah, it may have been while he was on a plane somewhere. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, now I've got four. I've got one to drive, one to open gates, one to run the light, and the other to load my magazines while I just sit in the back seat and shoot. So you've it should got, work out well. You've got this well planned. Yeah. Well, you perhaps haven't considered all the years of training them to do all those things, and then by then you won't be able to sit in the back ute because you'll be old and it'll be too cold for you. No, I'm in the back of back seat of the ute. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. They yeah, can no, sit can't in the argue back that. cold, yeah. So. <laughs> Good. Brody, any children this week? <laughs> No, no, not not me directly. <laughs> Brother had a child, but okay, yeah, similar sort of time frame. But no, no, no additions to the family, so to speak. Smart man, smart man. Yeah, I, I like disposable income. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a funny thing. You may not have covered it for a little while. What for the next twenty or so years, probably. But yeah, other than that, it's all good. <laughs> oh, good. 
Oh, well, we were on the back of uh, back of Ewa has just happened the other week, mm. and there was some interesting product releases. I don't know if you guys have been up to date on some of them. Yeah, yeah. followed a little little bit. Yeah, there's a couple of things came up that were of interest. But uh, what what piqued your interest most, Andrew? Well, March have come out with a new scope they're calling the Genesis, which I, is I thought this would get mentioned. Yeah, interesting. Um, did you check that out, Bronte? Yeah, absolutely. It's really a bit of like a love child between a high-end magnification scope and an ivy mount, really, if you, you look at it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, effectively, it was a, a 6 to 60, I yeah, believe. first vocal plane as well. Yeah, with 400 uh, MOA, yep. internal adjustment. Yeah, now that's that's a big selling point, isn't it? That internal adjustment of 400 MOA. And combine that with uh, with you know sixty power on the top end, you know that would I imagine it would have to catch the interest of the you know the king of two mile and that kind of crew. Yeah, well, I believe um, that's that's what it's released for. Yeah, yeah I think you'll yeah. find a few of those top guys, especially the, some of the applied ballistics crew, were involved in the the production of it. Not probably, probably more with the the ideas, I would imagine. Um, you know, I would imagine that the you know the engineers at, at Dion Optical would be the the ones that actually made those ideas into reality, but it certainly seems like they've um, they've put together a package that, that would you imagine would cover all the requirements of that kind of shooting. It's not going to be a cheap option, though. I, I had a quick flick through um, Accurate Shooters Daily Bulletin, and they said there was a customer in North America somewhere that had placed the first pre-order at five thousand US. For the scope, mm. uh, apparently optioned up, it would be maybe around the six thousand US mark. Yeah, it's a fair old investment, but it's one of those things. If you if that's the game you're in, and you don't have four children, you don't have four children. Yeah, disposable income again. Yeah, yeah. it's not the cheapest. <laughs> it's not the prettiest scope either. Yeah, but I mean, you it's, look at a lot of those rifles. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it has to be. It, like it's yeah, it's it's um, for what it is. It's going to be pushing some boundaries. But it's not, not yeah, a great looking scope. But you look at a lot of those rifles that are used in that King of Two Mile kind of thing, and they're, they're not built to be cool or anything. They're built purely for a purpose. Well, that's cool. Well, Duh. cool for ah. for the nerds. <laughs> Shut your theory down. Yeah, it's that up. whole function over form <laughs> argument, really. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's one of those things that's quite interesting. Is the way they go about getting their four hundred minutes of uh, sorry. Oh yeah, that's, what, that's why we've got the engineer here to it's, um, speak us to us about it. Yeah, there was one of the videos released. I think it had uh, Stuart from uh, BRT yep. involved in it, and it was quite interesting to see. He actually, you know, you knock the end of the objective lens, mm. and the whole sort of scope bounces out and then returns back. The actual whole inner assembly moves. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's quite a strange, and I mean, the intent behind that is to make sure it stays in its optical center. Yep. Yep. Probably. I mean, yeah. Without knowing the specifics of it, I mean, you look at. The, yeah. What they did with the, um, I can't think of it now. The US Optics? No. No, no. not thinking of that one? No, that's sort of more of an external adjustment yep. uh, job. The um, Charlie Tarak. Yep. Using sort of a, a prism system rather than a conventional design, is it? Or is it not going down that path? No, it's, uh, I mean, obviously the, the inner workings of it would be proprietary information. It's probably... You know, a lot I've of got a hacksaw. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but it's sort of... Uh, Banko's got five grand easy. Oh, we've got it sorted then. We'll have it. We'll have a Chinese <laughs> knockoff in weeks. <laughs> just mill it in half. And <laughs> oh, yeah, mill's, go mill's better, yeah. No, yeah fair it's a bit cleaner cut that way. Yeah. But it sort of looks like they're <laughs> essentially still using the same principle of your rectitude moving up and down, but they've kind of got the whole scope 
body yeah. doing that, which is a bit different. Well, I guess it mm. just allows you for that more movement. So, well, yeah, absolutely. They're not it's sort of no longer bound by that constraint of your your main tube diameter, mm. which obviously is a, a typical limiting factor. So they've they've got some recommended distances that this scope will take rounds to. Uh, obviously, there's lots of variables with this, but this is some of the the things that they suggest. It'll take a 22 LR rimfire to a thousand yards. I assume this is based around a um, like a hundred yard zero or something. Anyway, uh, two D four out to two thousand four hundred and fifty yards, three oh eight out to two thousand nine hundred and fifty yards, three threat lap to four thousand yards, and a four one six Shaytac to three miles. I wasn't aware that there was a four one six Shaytac. Well, I'd I guess somebody's probably done it, but yep, correct. It was a wildcat that was kind of. In the guys that were involved in the production of the scope have been okay. mucking around with, yeah, because I sort of thought they may have made a typo as well um, with a Shaytac or Barrett sort of thing. But doing some research, it does exist apparently. I would have thought the three seven five would have been a, a longer range proposition. Yeah, well, Maybe. that's right. Does has anyone seen the radical on it? No, 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 not as yet. Mm. That would be interesting to see. Particularly with first focal plane sixty power, yeah, it's it's one of those things. The first focal plane, especially the early ones that come out, we really struggled a bit with that sort of being usable at the low power as well as the high power. Mm. Yeah. Mm, okay. A- anything else released there that you guys checked out? I haven't checked out, but I have seen a little bit of talk about a couple of new scopes from Carlos that are coming out, um, which. I think the first one was a 5 to 25. Yep, yep. And the other one, this, I may not be correct on this, was possibly a 3 to 18. 18. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't think it was even on their website, Rusty. I was being talked about, but I don't think it was actually on their updated website yet. So There you go. That's the K525i, first focal plane. Right or left side windage, uh, as they're known for, centre parallax. Um Five illuminated radicals. That'll get busy in there. Mm. Yeah. If you've got all five. Somewhat disappointing they're catering for left-handers with the, the windage on the other side as an option. So No, they're not necessarily for left-handers. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. No, that's... that's Renewed a little bit of faith in them. Yeah, you can... you can uh, Just down to your preference. Mm. Oh, hang on, hang on. No, no, I take it all back. In fact, shut the website down. We're off. Windage knobs can be ordered on left side for righties and on right side for southpaws. Nah, that's yeah. that's the scope. I wonder if it comes with a drowning kit. Well, you'd hope so, or a hanging bench, or, or some sort of torture I mean, device. I mean, the, the good thing is that I don't imagine there'd be too many left-handers that wouldn't have a criminal record, so <laughs> most of them probably wouldn't pass the background <laughs> check. So generally, well, generally, not something they have to worry about. Or be employed to earn enough money to to pay for it, because uh, from the the early reports are not going to be particularly cheap. No, no. There's the K318. Let's just make sure it doesn't have a Southpaw option. Oh, my bet is it does. No. It's these damn minority groups again. Yeah, they only make 11%. That is a nice looking scope though. It's a short scope. Yeah. Which is, uh, That's the feature about it. Yeah, I mean, that. Uh, presumably there's a... A design specification somewhere for 
military in, contracts. In my 15-second look at the webpage, I didn't see anything quickly about it, so therefore it doesn't exist. So mm. there should be no left-hand option for that one, based yeah. entirely on my extensive research. Yep. On to the next product. Reliable source of information, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Uh, there may be some more information about that. You can Google. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the 318K. Did I get the name right? How do you rip K318I. Oh, you're nearly there. I, I had the... Uh, yeah. No, nah, it, was, it was rubbish. Um, anyway, moving right That's along. That's the sort of thing a good podcast would edit out. So how's it staying in? <laughs> it's definitely staying in in this one. Um, while I think of it, because I'll probably forget, yeah. uh, the new Vectronix Terrapin X oh, yeah. mm. um, looks like could be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, we I have to get so. on to Cashco to, to get a couple of those headed this way. Mm. Mm. I think they're going to be sitting around the three and a half grand or thereabouts. They will sell a lot, I think. But that's not yeah. too bad. Obviously, no, no, it's, good. it's a lot of that's, money, but I would have thought you know, that's really are, good. There's definitely some improvements from the specifications that have been released so far on them over the. The original Terrapin, I think mm. they're talking about eight times optical zoom, which, yeah. you know, that's, I think you've found with your Vectronics that, you know, you, you're limited by that zoom. Uh, I mean, admittedly, that is only one power more than than the uh, PLR of 10. The one I've got says seven power. But it's one better. It's like amps that go to 11. True, but then I'll put a doubler, so I go to 14. Yeah, but that's just but, greedy. But they go to 11. It's one yeah. louder. Okay, moving right along. Yeah, but if you put a doubler on this, it would go to 16. You put a tripler on it, which I tried. And, <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to see any reticle. <laughs> you get such a small field of view that the uh, readout of your range is actually out of your field of view, so you can't read it. Yep. I found that out the hard way. But no, the I mean, the the Terrapin X, I think, for the guys, that just they don't want to stuff around having to make custom mounts and use doublers and, you know, 8 power. Yeah, it's probably, would be nice if it was a 12 or something like that. But depending on the reticle they use in in there, if it's a nice something nice and fine, and obviously depending on the you know the beam divergence and the size of that beam, I guess would dictate how effective it is on small targets. Interesting when they say you know stated ranges of something, you know, I haven't seen specifics about what they're ranging. You know, are yeah. they ranging a building or are they ranging a, a six by eight steel plate hanging from chains at two thousand meters? Absolutely, and that makes a huge difference. I mean, it's one of those things that it's really a bit of a competing ob- competing objectives when you ta- start talking about magnification with rangefinders because yeah, a lot of guys won't use it for ranging things at two and a half, three kilometres. Mm. They'll they'll range things at you know three hundred, four hundred, six hundred metres. Mm. Yeah. So at six hundred metres, having twelve times power would probably be a bit of a disadvantage because your field yeah. of view is going to go down. Mm. But sure. then you know if you're trying to range things at two k's. Which, I mean, you think of a, if a rangefinder's got the specs to do it and it's designed to do it, it kind of indicates that they're, they're angling at that longer range market. So Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, for probably all of us in the room, we'd much rather it have that higher magnification because we'd be looking to use it at those extended ranges. Yeah. Well, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see the first one here. I mean, I reckon if they can supply them in, in decent quantities, they will sell pretty well yeah absolutely I mean just uh, Rusty had a look at the specs now does it have sort of Bluetooth conductivity and, and things like that yep yeah, oh well, that's does, a yeah. that's a winner right there yeah, when you start talking about hooking up to your Kestrels oh, and I mean, I like think that. you know to, to go with a, a relatively high end sort of common spec rangefinder they have to do that really I don't know I don't know what it look, uh, hooks in with it, it just says here ballistics powered by Kestrel and applied ballistics 
and it says that there is an app for the rangefinder. Whether it talks to your uh, kettle? Yeah, just I'm, I'm looking through. Yeah. Yeah, well, if, if it's... If you it's, presume it would. Yeah, if it's communicating, it if, if may not do it today, but in the... Well, if they're mentioning Kestrel work. specifically, Absolutely. I mean, surely it would be... Ah, ha, 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 ha. No, i got nothing. No, no. I was just no, making just random excited. noise. Yep. Cool. Uh, the uh, wireless communication between the Terrapin X mobile app, Kestrel Ballistic Solvers supporting Link Protocol, or other products. Yeah, okay. Wow. So it sounds like it's probably running off like a Bluetooth low energy style arrangement, which will give us plenty of options, really. Should do. It's a. It's also a pretty sleek looking unit as well. Like it's a. It's a bit futuristic. It looks like you'd see it on some sort of sci-fi. Yeah, like a stealth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you put it down and lose it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly what you're going to do with a three thousand dollar rangefinder. Well, I've nearly lost mine once or twice. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just looking at that. You you had a had a picture up there, I see of the the reticle with like a a circle. Did it have a crosshair in the middle of it, or is it just a circle? I think it's a circle with uh, gaps where okay. a crosshair would be. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting because I remember when we spoke to Nick Vitalbo, reference rangefinders, he sort of indicated that generally speaking, if you got a, a circle reticle, it's because that's, that's the roughly the beam size. Yeah, yeah right. Which uh, I, you know, I haven't looked up the specs on the on the beam of that new Vectronics, but yeah, if it's if it's on the larger side, it would be interesting to see how usable it is for shooting purposes. It's always one but of those disappointing things when you you know you read the specifications. It claims some astronomical range, but it achieves it by having a beam the size of a house. Yeah, look, that, that's where... Good know, for ranging houses, though. Yeah, but generally shooting at houses is frowned upon. <laughs> Depends what, what, uh, what line of work you're in, really. But. Well, that's true, absolutely. We do have to pay no, respect no. to our law enforcement and military guys. I, I, I appreciate your comment, though. <laughs> um, I just was proving a point. Fine, I'll move on. Yeah, shut up. Righto, so the Terrapin, uh, that looks good. You're right. Uh, anything else you guys saw? I know Bushnell dropped an app uh, in conjunction with Applied Ballistics, and I did ask you guys, had you used it before? And none of us had, so. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. in depth about that. Yeah, there was another one that uh, Steiner, my probably favourite company, released um, where they have a, a scope with a inbuilt ballistic yeah. solver. Um, and I think it does environmentals and the like as well. So it's sort of following, I think it was uh, Rev. Revic. Revic, yeah. yeah. They, they brought one out last year or the year before. So it's down that same mm. sort of path. So by the looks of it, they've got a few few different options. Um, I think they had a one to eight power, and then a, or oh, I think it was a maybe a five to twenty seven. Okay, power, which is yeah, right. a bit weird, but that's what they said about you as well. So yeah, well they were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw that briefly the other day, and, and there's another. They've got another one out or coming out that I think's like a four to sixteen or something in that sort of vicinity, more of a PRS orientated one in the Steiners or Steiner, as you seem to say. Well, German heritage, mate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Nice. <laughs> Explains everything. Most so, of the good scopes are made in Austria, though, aren't they? No, 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 no. Let's, yeah, let's uh, let's move on from that one. Yeah, but they all use shot glass, which is German. <laughs> Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> cool. Well, there's always a, a plethora of, of products at those sort of events. No doubt we've missed a bunch. So if you've if you've seen anything that's uh, of interest to you, uh, particularly after 
Well, I guess we had John's wrap-up last episode about the shot uh, shot show. So I don't think we'll do one on Ewa, but you know, if there's enough interest in something, we'll find someone who was there. Actually, you know a few guys who were there. So yeah, if, if there's enough products there that were interesting, but it'd be good to find out about, particularly that March one, it'd be really interesting to see because that, that sort of product is one that sets a benchmark. And if it's uh, embraced, they can go quite significantly from there. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it'd be good to get Stuart on the show. He'd be, I think he was pretty heavily involved in the, mm. the concept of it. I think the, the story suggests it was born in a Las Vegas hotel room a few years ago. Oh, many things are sounds born. Sounds a bit questionable. <laughs> many things are conceived in a Las yeah, Vegas yeah, hotel room. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very few of them are uh, firearms related products. Yeah, <laughs> don't talk about what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, eh? So the other thing that has happened since our uh, recording our last episode was the PRS has been announced. I know we, we dropped the date on the last one, but that was done a few weeks prior to actually doing it and we we're working out whether we release it or cut it out. Anyway, so PRS Australia has announced um, that and we're sponsoring, by the way, Andrew. I don't know if you know that. We're, cool. We're sponsoring it, so there'll probably be some coffee mugs or... Um, you know, bad goes wallet on the table as a prize. So there better be some sort of like payoff back to me then, I guess, for the sponsorship deal. Um, not sure how that works. Get to name w- some stages or something. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we we can jump right into the competition we're going to run. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really smooth. Um, well rehearsed. So we uh we have a side advantage where um I'm going to be designing a lot of the stages for it and so we've you know managed to swindle my arm to decide uh that one of them is going to be named by a listener you guys have just jumped on your phones and just disinterested in this part of the show no no I wrote my name down <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> So the idea will be that we're going to put a post up on Facebook and probably Instagram and um, other places and we'll get, uh, you guys can name a stage and this came about because often when I'm writing a stage up, I write a name up and probably about 50% of the time I just go with a name and then develop a stage out of that. So we're going to do the same thing. But instead of me coming up with a name, which will probably be rubbish, I'm going to get you guys to come up with a name. And whoever makes the most interesting name that we actually end up using, making sure it's one we can actually use. Um, I, I can take a guess at what Bronte is going to be. You'd probably get it wrong. Uh, lie on my guts and shoot something really close. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, we're That's not F-class shooters. <laughs> Ooh. Shots have been fired. <laughs> yeah, except they generally shoot longer range than this PRS match is going to be made, so that's not, yeah, it's that's shame, not significantly it? appropriate. Yeah, but they uh, they take the whole day to fire the same amount of rounds as one stage in the PRS, so anyway. Good. <laughs> so um, that's not your stage name? No, no. Okay. All right, all right. So, Bronte, what's your entry into the stage name competition? Oh, we'll probably put a coffee mug out for whoever uh, whoever does this one. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Kansas is going bye-bye. Okay. There is actually something I've got in the back of my mind for that, but I'll explain that later. Right, right. Buckle your seat, Dorothy, because Kansas is going seat bye-bye. Seatbelt. Okay. don't think they had them in cyclones, twisters, or, um, or in uh, balloons. They have seatbelts in balloons. I'm not particularly familiar <laughs> with the anatomy okay, of balloons. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Yeah. Go. Uh, right. Andrew, do you, do you have a name? 
I've, I've had enough trouble thinking of names lately. The <laughs> things I've only come I thought up you'd with be like, on a roll. Yeah, it's taken me nine months to think of this one. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. All right. Rain check. All right. So we'll get we'll get your name on the next one. So, uh, guys, we'll put that up on Facebook, and um, if you want to. Uh, throw some names. They can be stupid. Actually, probably the worst they are, the more chance they've got of getting in. If they inspire me for an idea that ends up becoming a stage, that will be the winner and you'll get a coffee mug. Uh, we might try and get Bagco to sign it if he makes it back into the country by then. Um, I don't know if he's actually moved overseas. Well, we'll find out, I guess. Non-extradition country or something, <laughs> possibly. Uh, I think he bought a couple islands. <laughs> islands? Cayman. He wouldn't limit himself to an island, right? Didn't say how big they were. Yeah, okay. All right. All of America. It's kind of an island. <laughs> In a way. Um, just Hawaii. He bought Hawaii, I think. It's just got that uh, sort of, you know, part between Alaska and the mainland, United <laughs> States. Canada. Some would, some would argue is another state, but yeah. Speaking of Canada, uh, we got sent some books, actually. Um, you can have a little look anyway, Brundy. Behind you there, mate, there's a stack of three books. Oh, we, we have got more PRS news, but that's um, deep and personal, so we'll get into that in a moment. Rod, uh, Rodney Mays, um, I think we alluded to this, uh, that he was sending these over. Um, so he's written a book called Impact, good name, and it's about training and preparation for precision rifle matches. So, um, yeah, actually, yeah, Bronte, I'm going to leave that one with you. It's Greg's copy, but I'll leave it with you and uh, Andrew. And uh, we're going to have a little look through and no doubt in a future episode we'll talk about it. And yeah, that would be good. It's particularly relevant given the you know the rapid rate that this uh, PRS mm. top shooting's uh taking off. Well, this is, uh, well, I thought you were going to say the rapid rate this next event is coming up in because that's going to be relevant to my next topic. But um, so that's more of a you problem than a me problem. So <laughs> it's going to be if this if this makes it to air. What I'm going to say in the moment, uh, if that makes it to air, it's a big me problem. <laughs> but anyway, we'll find out. Um, so, but if you are looking for a little bit of you know help on this, I know that you can buy this on Amazon. Uh, so if you want it on like a Kindle or whatever you do with the those sort of things, um, you can pick it up on Amazon, uh, or you get the physical copy like we've got here. Uh, might even speak to Rodney see if, uh, if we might be able to give one of these away. Excellent. So I have just returned from swanning around uh, country Victoria, as you guys know. Andrew was very busy with his um, baby. <laughs> no, not really. I did not a lot. Kind of sitting around doing not much actually. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, and and you know between gun shows and and meetings and bits and pieces, it's been good time. But um, I ended up I think eating at the pub. I was away for twelve days. I think I ate at the pub probably about fifteen times because uh, you know you arrive somewhere and you know, catch up with some guys and go, oh, you want to go to the pub? And you go, um, sure, yeah. First day, of course, yeah, absolutely, let's do that. And then the second, and, and then by the time you get to the end, you're going, they go, oh, you want to go to the pub? And you go, well, I want to go hang out with this person. So, yeah, okay, um, good. Schnitzel number 35. <laughs> yeah, spot on, spot on. So um, we've been packing on some pounds, and I have just, well, I'm going to throw this out there. We have about six and a half weeks to the PRS, I am going to plan on dropping some weight. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, it just doesn't really matter unless we make it 
Interesting. So if the listeners will put up with it, I thought we might do a little challenge on the way to the PRS. So I currently weigh 128 kilos and I need to bring that down. But I thought we could have 10 listeners and if there's 10 listeners who are going to be at the PRS who get in touch and say they want to they want to take this on, I will do my best to drop 10 kilos by the PRS. Okay, six know, weeks in six and a half weeks. Yep. All right. So it's going to be push, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, we could of course, you know, maybe cut your leg or something <laughs> off. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not limiting myself to how it could be done, uh, but I'm thinking ten. And here's the deal. So the first ten listeners who are going to be at the PRS who get in touch after hearing this podcast and are happy to take this on, if at the PRS. I have not achieved my goal. I'll give them all a six-pack each. But if I have achieved my goal, they will owe me a six-pack. And that six-pack will be shared amongst whoever. It's bad to say you'll undo that. Six weeks of good work. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) So when does the weigh-in come? Does it before or after the six-packs are exchanged? Uh, Before. 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 (laughs) Because otherwise, how do we know which way to exchange them? Well, I'm thinking that after all those six packs are consumed, you're going to be. Oh, it's nothing to, to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing to do with that. But I, uh, I'm, I'm putting on the line. I know ten kilos is quite challenging. Uh, I weighed myself while you arrived tonight, Bronte. So 128. If I can get down to 118 by the PRS, then um, those ten listeners who have nominated themselves who are going to be at the PRS all owe me a six pack of reasonable beer. So nothing made in Victoria then. <laughs> yep. Um, and if if I have uh, not, if I've failed it, I'll buy each of them a six-pack. So basically what you're saying is you need 10 people that have got no faith in you. I'm, I'm, I don't think that's going to be a challenge to find. I just need 10, <laughs> 10 people who are listening who are also going to be at the PRS. <laughs> that's probably more the clarification. And if you only get one person, can the... The odds or the the volume be the same, like if if you you are successful, they have to buy you ten six packs. We'll we'll see what the response rate is. Depends who it is, I guess. <laughs> um, I like the way you word it though. They have to buy me ten six packs, not necessarily the other way around. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm gonna up to ten people. Up to ten people. If it's one, it's a six pack the other way. If it's more, away we go. So. Uh, and if we're doing, we've probably got a couple of episodes prior to the the PRS, so we shall. Uh, do I do I keep updated? Do I do I let these guys? No, know? no, no. no. Oh, it's, no, 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 no. it's like putting but in it, your footy tips for the uh, you know the end of the season results. You you got to just put it in and. Yeah. Okay, so just got to jump on board without yeah. knowing how I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool. We'll uh, we won't do weigh-ins on the way in. <laughs> That was well said, wasn't it? We won't do weigh-ins on the lead-up, and we'll find out at the event. Uh, that'll be that'll be on the prize table. <laughs> cool. Interesting. Uh, you did not uh, pre-warn us about that. I one. didn't prep you about no. that one. No, I, was, no, I thought Bronte might want to jump on board as a six-pack. <laughs> I'm tempted. I'm he's, tempted. He's lacking in faith in me. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> he's going. You got no chance, mate. And yeah, probably don't. But at the end of the day. Uh, we'll end up having lots of beers at some point and 
I would have probably dropped a bit a few kilos. So you'd be better for it. So it's a win-win, really. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this is uh, officially now known as the fat episode. <laughs> so guys, it's future Rusty here, and since recording this episode a couple of days ago. I still want to do this challenge. Uh, I'm not super confident with getting it, but at the end of it, if I do succeed, I don't need 10 six-packs of beer. So here's the change I'm going to make. If I do manage to complete the task of dropping 10 kilos by the PRS, rather than buy me a six-pack of beer, I'm going to ask those 10 people who do decide to jump on board to make a donation to Soldier On. It's a wonderful organisation that helps veterans and, and other people that have been involved in law enforcement. It helps support them, uh, particularly through tough times. Many of us who are listening know the astronomical suicide rate from veterans. And this is something that we do need to do something about. So there's only something little, but anything we can do, I guess, helps. So if I don't do it, I will happily buy the 10 people who register with me a six-pack, or if you prefer, I can make a donation to Soldier On. And if I do manage to drop the 10, I'm going to ask those 10 people to donate to Soldier On. Drop us a message if you want to be one of the 10, if you are going to be at PRS and want a bit of a laugh about it. But by the same token, uh, make sure you look up Soldier On. Uh, we'll link in the show notes, and they're well worthwhile checking into. Tonight's actual topic, now that we're like two hours in, is a about an email we received from a listener. Um, oh no, sorry, we've got one more piece of follow-up. We put out the call in the last uh, group episode we did about um, people who listen to us from various places and bits and pieces. Oh, yes. And we got some people who got in touch with us. So, some interesting ones. I'm just going to do a couple because we're limited on time. Having said that, we spent like 15 minutes talking about childbirth and March scopes. Okay, uh, so this is from Mike. Hey guys, I listen while at work out on a ranch in Montana. So I've listened horseback, in a tractor, irritating hay. Irrigating probably. Well, no, he's irritating hay. (laughs) I prefer prefer to think of it as irritating hay. Uh, And I actually listened... Till just minutes before I shot my cow elk this year. So he's listening while he's hunting. That's what you say is we're a direct contributor to his hunting success. You're welcome, Mike. Uh, but I shoot a 300 wind mag with no brakes. So I ditched the headphones for ear pro. Probably, probably not a bad decision, yeah. really. Yeah, just to upgrade his ear pro. Uh, good, uh, good show. Uh, I like that you don't have a bunch of dead air like some podcasts. But that's good, Mike. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Mike. <laughs> uh, all right. So I've got another one here from Casey. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Clearly doesn't know us very well. Uh, should we just leave it there? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. All, right, all right. Casey here in California. I listen while at work. I am the brake and clutch engineer for all s- forms of motorsport. I am a brake and clutch. I just thought he was the one in the world. Well done. I am a brake and clutch engineer for all forms of motorsport. I'm running the CAD program on my office computer, designing throttle, brake, and clutch pedal assemblies at the moment. Just getting started in the long-range target shooting world and trying to learn. Enjoying the podcast and comedic banter. When do we do that? 
I don't know, Rusty. Every time I've been on, it's always been serious. Been serious, and um, yeah, no, we take maybe he edits it all out. Oh, great, oh yeah. is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. No, sorry, I've just I've woken up Siri for <laughs> some reason while I'm trying to check my emails on my phone. Uh, also enjoys the Australian sayings. Uh, keep it up. Thanks, Casey. She'll be right, mate. Get it up, yeah. Yeah, rock on. <laughs> yeah, we do have a few cracker sayings. Rock on is one of them. First thing came to mind. Probably the best. The best note. Well, a lot of them would probably be, uh, you know, not get past the senses anyway. So, <laughs> all right. Speaking of listeners, uh, this one came with a little bit more. So this is this is our topic for tonight. This is our actual topic. All right, this one's from Rich. From being ex-imperial colonialists like myself, how do you guys decide what units to use? It sounds like most of you guys are ranging in metres, but do winds in miles per hour, angles in mil. I've just lost the email. Let's grab it back. Angles in mil, velocity in feet per second, temperature in centigrade, and air pressure in pascals. Uh, he emotes that it's annoying. Uh, when it comes to ballistic calculators, they tend to want to make you all metric or all imperial. I'd love to go all metric because it's 2018. That's, I guess, a legitimate reason. Also, um, that's more sensible. But obviously, most of all the useful stuff in the US is imperial, especially wind and velocity. And it's a bit of a pain converting black and white units into color. Okay. Uh, how do you do, deal with this? Are any apps better than others for letting you choose units individually? Is it better just to commit to one or follow whatever mix you sh your shooting mates do? Best from Richard. He's from New Zealand, but he is uh, works in Stockholm. Which would be metric, I would presume, a metric country, Sweden. Oh, I believe so. I mean, they're yeah. sensible. So. What I thought it would be. I think pretty much America is about the last of the Mohicans in that respect. Uh, I mean, England still uses pounds and... Miles. Yeah. Yeah, true. True. And then they also use some metrics, so... Hmm. Just a, a while I'll sort of ask it straight up, I guess. He asks, is there any particular programs that are better for you know, entering individual units? Yep. Um, you would be probably the most familiar with Applied Ballistics in this room. What's your thoughts on, on that program in that regard? Applied Ballistics categorise a lot. So they don't make you work all in one or the other, but they do not allow you to select individually. They allow you to select like... Um, distance, a field, yeah, yeah, or or atmosphere, or other, or whatever, and so um, I've found that sometimes frustrating because for whatever reason, you know, we have something that we want to run in um, meters per second, but uh, sorry, in miles per hour, but we want to measure it in something else in millimeters, and they're in the same category, and that can be um, challenging. Geoballistics is probably pretty good with that, where you can select pretty much everything. You can choose how it's going to be displayed uh, on every op option. So I find that as a really good option. And, and that's where, when the app allows you to do it like that, it works really, really well. But, I, I mean, look, my personal thoughts on it, I mean, I've, I've been that crazy busy in the last couple of years. I haven't done a lot of sort of competitive shooting or long-range shooting. But my thoughts are that, you know, my intention is to go down the metric line yep. and make myself learn. I mean, I, I'm 
probably very much similar to what he said in his email. I range in meters. Yeah. I use feet per second, and mils are my preferred adjustment on a scope. So it's sort of all over the place. Mm. I I intend to go down the the metric line of of running sort of obviously distance in meters. You you know your wind speed in meters per second, and so on. So that I think it's just a matter of being con- you know familiar with that. You know, okay, yeah. you're used to going miles per hour in wind. Okay, one mile an hour is just many meters per second and just familiarizing yourself with that conversion. Mm, sure. Um, I guess it's me personally, but what's your thoughts? I think it's stupid. Like, I think what we've ended up with this collaboration of all sorts of measurements is is ridiculous. Mm, yeah. Um, but it is what we've got. <laughs> and unfortunately, many of us are familiar with what we've got and, and are less inclined to change that. So, I mean, kudos to you to, to make a decision to try and sort of align yourself one way or the other. I think uh, that, sorry. Yeah, look, if you were, my sort of thoughts are if you were going to introduce somebody to shooting, you know, to the degree where they're going to have to consider all these options and they've got no preconceived notion of anything, you'd be far better off to teach them in one you know, you know, sort of using one unit of measure rather than just sort of all over the place. The same with scopes, you know, like do you go mix and match reticles or, you know, that we've discussed, you know, scope, you know, whether you go mill or MOA in the past, but I think if you're going from scratch, this is the way I've broken it down and rationalised it, is, all right, what makes the most sense here? The most sense would be to use one system and stick with that one system. Mm. And yes, it's going to take a while to to break some of those sort of natural, you know, when you're looking at a range, you go, and the, you know, the wind, you might go, You for me, I always make the call in miles per hour, which is stupid because we don't do anything else in this country in miles per hour. But it's just sort of become... Oh, we have that saying, a million miles an hour. That's that's one. Do we? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's pretty universal. How many, how many yeah. times do you say, oh, that's going a thousand metres per second? Yeah. But when you when a police officer pulls you over and goes, you, you were going sixty five miles an hour, you know it's the whole. <laughs> when, generally speaking, when you're using units of speed, I, I'm not being overly serious, by the way. Right, sorry, just, you I seem am. you seem to be taking it a bit too <laughs> seriously. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, good. But no, I think, um, well, obviously, from a logical perspective, you would operate in one system rather than having multiple, you know not just using sort of two two different sort of measures, but just intermingling them, which is what seems to happen. Bronte, you look like you want to talk, um, but I'm going to uh, just mention something first. <laughs> Actually, no, you can go. I'll, I'll see if it's still relevant after you. What you're saying is makes a lot of sense, Andrew, as far as sticking with one lot of units. But a lot of shooters learn things along the lines of the quick win formulas and things like that, that really work with that blended lot of units. And I mean, another another point, if you talk about reading wind in metres per second, you know, just a quick Google, um, you know, you got roughly one metre a second is equal to about 2.2 miles per hour. So you've got a little bit coarser resolution on mm. your mm. on your value. Um, so it's, 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 I guess it's always been done that way essentially with the miles per hour with the wind and the, mm. a lot of the formulas being generated around that so it's makes it pretty challenging for a new shooter especially if they're learning from somebody else who's always done it that way to to pick it up 
No, we've always done it that way, so we'll, we'll can this podcast and jump into a radio station instead. Done, let's do it. Yep, sounds like a plan. <laughs> More corporate sponsorship. <laughs> then I have to drive somewhere. All right, um, so what I was going to say before is that I think part of the thing that lends itself to the fact that we, we utilise so many different systems, well, we utilise different systems and they mix and match them, is because whether I measure temperature in centigrade or Fahrenheit probably makes a little difference to whether I arrange in metres or yards. And that's where I think we we end up having this uh, this choice of all these different measurements in various setups because a lot of them, it's not super easy to relate them one to the other. Now, there is some that absolutely will relate and become easier if you do keep them together. But I think that's why we've got away with it for so long is because we don't, we don't find ourselves needing to uh, to do it. Well, I mean, I guess the reality is if you're using a system um, that might be, I guess, mixing and matching, it, it really mm. doesn't matter as long as it's working for you yeah. and you're familiar with it. I mean, I've seen guys that are very, very quick with, with you know, making a call on the wind you know, even you know, making a call on judging the range and then you know what their solution is going to be, and yeah, if it works for you and you're and it's accurate for you, why, you, why would you bother changing? Really? Oh, absolutely. It's similar sort of things as the mill versus MOA debate. Mm. If it works for you, stick with it. Like there's you know there's no point changing just because there's the new new kid on the block. Mm. Yeah, I mean we've discussed this in previous podcasts. You know, we'd get the question of what's better. Um, yeah, Millwall, MOA. It's a very subjective question. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think like I'm just having a look through, and and probably the the only things that I use in the imperial system would be wind in miles per hour and velocity in feet per second. All my um, atmospherics are all done in. Um, they're, they're all done in. Metric, and in, to be honest, I just use density altitude majority of the time, I plus temperature, and so that's you know in meters. Um, yeah, I guess you know the the data, the data is a number, so we just apply the particular number in whatever it is. So I, I think it, it would be I can imagine getting into it now. Well, no, getting into it now it can be quite confusing because you have got this mixture of this and that, and you got to flick your um, your various bits and pieces back and forth. I think if you are starting off, choosing to do everything in metric is no significant downside. The numbers are still what they are. You'll find a lot of the, the wind formulas and stuff all based around miles per hour. So, you, But the patterns still exist. The, the, the data that that's all drawn from is still the same and still those patterns would exist in metres per second. It's about sort of working out what calculations will get you to the, the point you want them to. And no doubt there will be plenty of formulas out there for metres per second. I'm sure it's not a foreign concept. Um, just I haven't come across them so much and they're not, they don't seem so prevalent. It would, I guess it would really come down to how simple the maths is. You know, some of those miles mm. per hour, metres formulas mm. are really basic, yeah. basic, simple maths. Absolutely. W- the, I mean, it's got to be if you've got to be doing a, you know, a solution that you've got to come up with quickly. Oh, absolutely. And it's got to be able to be remembered. And, you know, yeah. You know, or you if might. I'm able to do it. Sorry? <laughs> or if I'm able to do it. It's yeah. got to be real simple. You know, you can't or take your... Yeah. Oh, let's not, let's well, not let's push not the envelope there. Yeah, come on, Andrew. Guys. 
Um, one plus one. <laughs> yeah, they have to take their shoes off and socks off for that. <laughs> then they can count to 12. So, <laughs> what's, what I find amusing is we probably offended left-handers more on this episode and Badco wasn't even here for it. He's going to be so proud. All right, yeah. so the, the, only, the only other thing that, that perhaps is, is diminished, I think, with having this uh, or, or utilising all metric or whatever is, is some of the communication can be challenging, you know, talking about velocity, feet per second, that sort of gear. This feet per second is so, such a common discussion point that if you go, oh, I rock up and go, oh, I shoot 850 metres per second, and people go, well, that's good. Um, cool, moving on. And it can be, <laughs> on the fly, it can be challenging to do that. So perhaps, perhaps we have to start a revolution or something. So what you're us. basically advocating is you just fit in with whatever the rest of the sheep are doing. Yeah, like yeah. being right-handed. Yeah. Are you, dis- right-handed. are you disagreeing? Not at all. Okay, Do it. didn't think so. Um, sorry. I'm not saying it's uh we we have to go that way. That's just that's one of the reasons it's probably has has really you know when things are pretty common stand people sort of seem to run with them fairly comfortably. So it'll be interesting to see. Give it twenty years, whether we're in the same situation we're at now in that regard, or whether one has really. I hope you've got more comfortable chairs and better microphones, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. But you know, <laughs> tight ass management. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, better microphones and nicer chairs, we have a Patreon page, <laughs> and we really appreciate our Patreon supporters because we are slowly upgrading some of our equipment. <laughs> so thanks, Patreon. Just I don't know why I thought that was an appropriate time to mention it, but I did. Because you'd forgotten up till now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do do we cover all Rich's qu- questions? We sort of skirted around <laughs> it. Um. <laughs> okay, here we go. So he'd love to go on metric, um, but a lot of this useful stuff, uh, wind velocity. As we said, I think velocity definitely is, you can switch over to meters per second, it will have very little effect in terms of what you do. You just see a chronograph on that, run the number, and away you go. Um, the the wind side of things, I, I think, you know, we, we'll... Jared from um, uh, from Victorian Precision Service Rifle Series. I know he runs meters per second and and runs it very effectively and very comfortably. So it's it's not a you know, by any stretch would say it works. Um, yeah, I, like I don't think it's with it. I don't think it's that critical. I don't think it's a there's any make or break because I mean no. you can I've seen plenty of guys and myself included will run feet per second for their velocities, run meters for their range, hmm. and run a a uh, mill scope and mm. have no issues. Um, yeah, and, and not ha- not having to sort of stop and think, oh, what does that equate to? You know, you just you run the system and you don't think about it. Hmm. So, uh, I guess if you're familiar with the system, why change it? Yeah, but we're talking about someone who's perhaps not familiar with any, and he's he's deciding what mi- what terrible mixture he's going to put together in terms of concoction. W- would you guys recommend he either go down the mill or the imperial path exclusively? Oh no! I wouldn't say go down either path exclusively. No. Bastardise some sort of system together so that he can probably yep talk yeah. the language. Yeah. I mean, if he's if his sort of brain is already thinking along the lines of, of feet per second and yards or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. yep, then that would have to influence the uh, you know the sort of the system you would use. I would imagine. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it would depend on what 
uh, you know, what sort of upbringing you've had. I mean, if, if you were to say go into a school these days here in Australia and start talking about uh, feet per second or yards, they wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about because it's just not part of, of upbringing at all. Mm-hmm. So, but if you talk to somebody that went to school 30 or 40 years ago, they'd be familiar with probably both. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sort of depends on where you're getting your information from as well. If you're book learning or something to that effect, then yeah, choose your own adventure really. But uh, if you're talking and learning, you know, off of uh, somebody that's been doing it for a while or something like that, they're probably yep. going to be communicating in feet per second for velocity and things along those lines. So it's it's where you're sourcing your information, who you're interfacing with. Hmm. I mean, obviously, you know. In the early days, probably mil wasn't that popular, so you'd sort of walk around and say, oh, well, it's, you know, correction of half a mil. Everyone kind of looked at you a bit funny going, oh, what's that? Well, I mean, there wasn't really the options, uh, scope-wise, for example. So, yeah, it's commonplace now, but 20 years ago, no, it wasn't. Mm. So Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Okay, cool. So, Rich, I don't actually know we gave you an answer, but I think... No, we didn't. <laughs> we just confused him more. Whether it was one that's helped you or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of answers. Uh, lots of them contri- contradicting. Go with, whatever, go with whatever works, mate. If it works for you, then great. Um, you've been, yeah, it's probably sensible to run everything on your atmospherics in the same thing. I'll say that. Like, you don't sort of mix up your, you know, HPA with uh, Fahrenheit with, you know, sort of all sorts of stuff. So, I think keep it all or within that that way you can set your kestrel on one thing and away you go but I think in, in terms of the end of it it's no no big deal so if you're listening and you've got a different view on it let us know let us know why you've chosen one way or the other or if you're fully metric or fully imperial um, that would be interesting to know the reasons you've gone down that path because I think we've effectively alluded to the fact we all just fell into what we do now yeah. <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty much, much. <laughs> nice Cool, guys. Well, uh, we may leave that there. If you want to name a stage, uh, stay tuned to Facebook or Instagram for the post about naming a stage. If you want to take me up on the six-pack I get it now. Six-pack challenge. I didn't even think of that. I mean, I totally thought of that. That's the reason I chose (laughs) six-packs. I chose six-packs because I couldn't afford cartons. (laughs) Um, But the six-pack challenge... um, and you're going to be at the PRS and you're willing to bet a carton of, no, it's a carton, a six-pack of beer, uh, let us know. Uh, I've got to get into, I'm going to the gym after this. And we will see how that all ends up. There was probably some other news, bits and pieces. Massive thanks to our Patreon supporters for, uh, well, we haven't sort of chairs out yet, but for starting to upgrade some of our audio equipment. Hopefully that comes through in the in the near future. And that's about it. Thanks, guys, for coming in. No worries. Cheers, Rusty. Congratulations on the baby, Andrew. Shut up. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter.